Well, we have had, like I say, a tremendous two weeks. Those of you who don't hardly know what's going on and you've just come in this morning and you've been out of the country or you've been asleep, (laughs) bless your heart, it's been fun. We have been running to keep up with God. And that's what happens. I'm telling you. It has been a tremendous, tremendous time over the last few weeks. And somebody was asking me, um, they won't mind me saying this, we've got so many Robs that we've been dealing with lately. Um, we've got Rob Hunsaker and, and uh, the guy that we bought the building from, his name was Rob. And then we've got Rob Canaday. So Keith, one day, he said, um, Rob Canaday, R.C. So he started calling him R.C. <laughs> Jill's going to slap me. But anyway, so then he said, where's Moon Pie? (laughs) But that's like peas and carrots, right? Those of you from the South don't get it. Not from the South don't get it. RC and Moon Pie? (laughs) Oh. Anyway, so um, you still don't get it. They're too young. Is that what it is? You're too young, they said. Anyway, but but uh, we have had a tremendous week, and uh, Rob Kennedy and, and I were talking about it one day, and and he was just sitting there with us, and uh, he he was just saying, "This is just amazing, the way that things are just falling into place, and and how does that happen that way?" How is it that things, and it just got me to thinking about other people's lives and maybe how you could see things falling into place more in your lives. And it might help you just a little bit to show you how things do fall into place. And then we're going to, then I'm going to take just a few minutes if you're interested. If nobody's interested, we won't do it and show you your church. And show you where things are going to be and what we're going to do. Are you interested in that? Okay, well, it's your church. I thought you might be. You know, ladies are, are, are good at that. You know, they'll buy a house and they'll furnish it six months before they even do a contract on it, you know. So, I mean, you know, they want to know about their, their stuff. So, you know, um, I was in doing this, I was talking to Rob about it. And you all remember the story. Keith does such a much better job, the teacher that he is, about this story. You know about Abraham and Isaac. You all remember the story about how Abraham and Isaac, you know, the Lord told him to offer up Isaac. And, and so he takes Isaac up and they're going and he's got him on the altar and everything. And, and how many of you weren't here Friday night and missed, I mean, the classic? I, it, it'll be, go down forever, the classic. The tortoise and the hare. Yeah. It'll be the classic forever, will it not? Yeah. I won't even attempt to do it. Because I can't. But anyway, you'll have to get the video because it... So, um, for those of you who missed it, you missed it. But anyway, he's such a tremendous storyteller. And uh, he, so he tells the story in, about... Uh, He's told it several times, but I have never been able to attempt to tell it as well as him about how that when they were there and uh, the Lord told told him to offer up Isaac, that 
you know, this little ram's wandering around all day and he munches here. You know, you've all heard him tell. And then he munches there for a few minutes. And then all through the day he's munching around and munching around. But it just so happens that he happens to be a munching right where he needs to be at the exact right time. When he needs to be exactly where he's supposed to be to keep Abraham from offering, to have another offering that day. Is that a coincidence? Absolutely not a coincidence. And what about Moses drifting down that little river and Pharaoh's daughter just happens to be at the river at that time? Coincidence. I'm, and I'm sure Keith would have put his own thing. She gets up that morning, she puts her makeup on, and she's, you know, he'd have dialed it right up for you, you know. Combed her hair, and her servants would have done this, and brought her breakfast, and he'd have fixed it right up for you, you know. I'll get his storytelling skills maybe one of these days, you know. But she happened to be... At the exact spot, at the exact time, to get Moses. And then, can y'all think of other stories? I've got a whole list of them here. I'm not going to read them. I've got them all written out, but I think we'll save some time and not do that. Then, um, Moses in the Red Sea. The children of Israel, they're going along. They just happen to be at the right time at the Red Sea so Pharaoh and all of his chariots and all of his horses can get drowned. Just happened to be at the exact right place at the exact right time to cause that to happen. Coincidence, right? How does these things happen? How do they happen? And why do they happen in some people's lives and not in other people's lives? And that was kind of the thing that that R.C., not Moon Pie, but R.C. (laughs) And uh, she'll never forgive me for that. I know she will. And um, it just so happened that Elisha just happened to be where that widow woman was that her sons were going to be sold. And he just happened to be there to be able to tell her to get vessels and not a few. That the prophet just happened to be there for her to tell her what to do. I mean, just go through your Bible and think of all the things that things just had to line up just exactly right to get people in the right places at the exact right time. How does that happen? How does it happen? 
Got lots of answers. Some of you's going, I want to know. <laughs> we got some answers. Turn just a second and look at Genesis. You've heard Keith tell it, but I want to refresh your memory before we go forward. Genesis 22. Because if God will do it for me, you, as our church, that's one thing we have stressed over and over every time you hear Keith get up here and say, don't just claim it for the church. Put it to practice in your own lives at home. Anything you see us do here as a church, you should be able to get the same results in your home, own life at home. It's not just for one person. You should be able to get the own, your, these results at home in your own life. And if you can't, they're no good. Okay? So whatever that happens here, you should be able to take it out of here and work it at home. Or it doesn't really work. Because God's no respecter of persons. So whatever happens here is just as good for you as it is for the church. So look at it. Genesis 22, verse 13. Let's see. This is the message. Let's start with the King James, I think. Well, I think I didn't put... Well, I don't know where I lost my all my notes here. I've been looking at pictures and everything, but I've got the message here. Just put the message up. We'll just start with it. Abraham looked up, and he saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. And Abraham took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. But verse 14, Abraham named that place, what? Look at the message. Look at the screen and read that with me. God sees to it. God, you're a God sees to it. That's one of his names. We say Jehovah Jireh because we we don't know how to pronounce all the ways everybody else, every place pronounces it funny. But this says God, you're a God sees to it. The complete Jewish Bible says it like this. Abraham raised up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the bushes by its thorns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in this place, in place of his son. And Abraham called the place Adonai Ureh. Adonai will see to it. Adonai provides. As it is said to this day, on the mountain... Adonai is seen. So he sees to it and he provides. So God sees and he provides. Provision. Provision. 
before vision. God sees and he provides. And you've all heard Keith's sermon on it. But what I want to stress about that is kind of how that works. And the workings of it. That's what we were talking about a little bit. And how it kind of works in things that are happening. For instance, on the building. The Lord knew exactly the day that these people were going to agree to our price. Did it catch him off guard the moment we were going to sign the contract? Had he seen ahead and known when this was going to happen? Was he caught off guard by it? So him knowing that, is it possible, him knowing that, that months ahead of time, weeks ahead of time, years ahead of time, days ahead of time, that when we called and we said, we're going to need to do a quick closing and we say we need to get a survey and we pick up the phone and it just so happens this guy's available to be over there the next morning at eight o'clock that he has an opening and we call a title company and we say we need to do a quick closing is it possible and it just so happens that they are not so busy at that time And it just so happens that this person can do a survey. And it just so happens that we ask somebody for somebody to do the concrete. And the first person we ask is, oh, it'll be five weeks. It'll be this. There's not really any need in calling. Rob says, what did you say, Rob? I'm glad we're not working on your faith. (laughs) Calls. And what did they say, Rob? Monday morning, it just so happens I can come out there Monday morning. This was Friday. Now, who saw ahead and provided? Was it anything that we did? Who planned ahead for us and provided that? So who can take the credit for that? All we did was do what? The Wednesday before when he told me, get up and start checking on this. I did that. Now, what if, now now back up, back up, back up, back up. What if Wednesday morning I'd have said, you know what? I'm busy today. I've got youth tonight. We've got this tonight. We've got this to do. We've got that to do. I'll check on it tomorrow. It was, it was no big overwhelming, do this now. Would these people, Rob calls on our T1 line that we need for all of our internet stuff. 
every time he's ever done it, it's been a, what is it, Jill or Rob? They told us a month and a half out. What did he tell us? A month and a half or, or something like that? A week or and a half. He calls on our new phone system a month and a half. Well, you can have it next Tuesday. It's sitting there. One of the pieces of carpet that Dave checked on. When can we have it? Next week or something like that? Usually a month and a half out. What if the, what if, what if, what if? We would have waited to do checking. Would all these things have fallen in line on the day that they were supposed to fall in line? Do we have a part to play? Is it important that we do things when he tells us to do them? Was it important that Abraham got up that very morning at that very time and offered Isaac the way that the Lord told him to do it? Was it important that Pharaoh's daughter went to the river at that very moment of that very day? Was it important that the children of Israel just happened to not be whining and griping and saying, we can't get ready this quick to get to the river at this amount of time. But they just happened to be there in order to go through on dry land and come out on the other side so that all of Pharaoh's chariots and horses could be drowned. What if they had been a day late? Does it matter if you put things off a day, an hour, a week when God tells you to do it? God will provide, but we have a part to play in it. The diligence series that Keith is talking about is not just for the fun of it. We have a part that we have to play in this stuff. Supernaturally, everything that that we have needed, everything that we have been believing for is supernaturally falling into place. God knew we would need a phone system. So we dealt with somebody, get one. We don't know why we're getting this phone system. It's sitting there ready for us to get. They don't have a clue. All they know is they felt led to get it that day or don't, they don't even know feeling led, but we got to get this or somebody didn't get it or something. We don't know why it's sitting there. It's sitting there ready for us. But it's the same thing for you. You may think it's late. You may think it's absolutely too late for God to come through for you. It's not too late. If you're doing what he told you to do. Turn to Matthew 6, 33. 
Every person in this room can quote this scripture. Our two-year-olds could probably quote this scripture. But it's not quoting it that matters. It's what you do with this scripture that matters. What is it? Key says, red trumps. What color is this in your Bible? It's red. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and a couple of things will be added to you. Take thought for everything that you need and try to get it to yourself. And if you work hard enough, it'll be there on time. We couldn't have worked day and night. We, I'm telling you, Dave and Rob and I, we're smart. I want you to know we're smart. But doggone it, we ain't that smart. We couldn't have done it. There's absolutely no way we could have done this. There's no way any human person can take the credit for the things that happened that week of the closing and up to this point. There's absolutely no way. And if you try to, you're an idiot because... How many of you have ever closed on a house? How long did it take you? 30 days? At least? Was it complicated? Was it annoying? Did you have to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth? And papers and go here and go there and get this done and try to get that done and try three days for uh, millions of millions of dollars of buildings. That's God. But why is that? Because we were seeking First, we weren't sitting there trying to figure out how we're going to put this deal together. We weren't sitting there thinking about how we're going to get this deal to close in three days. We didn't know we had to close in three days. Besides that, we couldn't have done it if we'd have wanted to. We were going about our merry way serving God. Taking no thought for tomorrow and woke up one morning and God said, do this. And because we did what he said, do he worked out all the details. And when things are a mess and when things are a heartache and when things just 
You wonder sometimes. If you're seeking God first. Ooh, it got too quiet. We waited years. How many times did we talk about this building? Charles and Sandy Black, wherever they are, where are they? They usually sit back over here somewhere. Stand up. They'll tell you. How many years ago was it? Three years. Three years ago, they came to me in a meeting. And we were downstairs in a meeting about something else. And they said, you know what, Miss Moore, we've been praying about something. And they pray for us. And they, we've known Charles and Sandy for a long time. And they've been here since the church started, worked with our kids for years. They, they looked at me and they said, uh, we believe, or Sandy actually had been praying. And the Lord told her we were supposed to get the Remington Theater. And I rebuked her. <laughs> I did. I sternly rebuked I said, that's not on our heart. That's not what we were believing for. That's not right. Three years ago. And I had to repent. But I'm not too proud to repent if I miss it. And if you are, shame, shame. Hey, if I know I miss it, I'll tell you, I missed it. And here we are. That's three years ago. We've been researching it back and forwards and up and down. But we didn't just every day, every day think, do it, work it, make it happen. We let God do it. We sought first what he was telling us to do and let him take care of the other. And by him taking care of the other, he lined it out just right and did it just right for us. But we had to obey him. Now, if you've got a house that your payments are laid on, you're about to lose. You got a car you're about to lose. You got children that's not doing right. You got family members that's not going in the right direction. You got a business that's going haywire. You got things that are not going right. Seek ye first. I'm not saying you have to preach. You do have to do what God's telling you to do about it, though. And His plan for it. You can't fix it yourself. He has a plan for everything in your life. Look at the Amplified. It says... But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. So don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow. Now, how many of you know that scripture? Every person in this room. Now, how many of you will be honest and say you've been doing that scripture? It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. It's, it's difficult when you've got a house that you're about to lose or a car that you're about to lose. But if you know 
the God that you serve. And you know that he's already gone ahead and provided it for you. He's seen ahead. He knew you'd be right here today. He knew you'd be in this fix today. And he knew you'd be sitting at Faith Life Church this morning. He knew you'd hear this sermon. And he knew you'd make an adjustment in your heart. And he knew that when you did that, tomorrow morning or this afternoon or whatever, you'd come straight across the path of these people or this person or this thing, and he could get you out of this mess. But it takes you doing something, just like it took me taking that step and listening and saying, get up and check on this. You have to do what he tells you to do. You have to seek him first in the way that he's telling you. Nobody can tell you what he told you. Not even your wife. Not even your husband. Only you know what God's told you in your heart. Nobody can fix it for you. You know. You know how he's told you to seek him first. You know what it is. He didn't call everybody to preach. He didn't call everybody to prophesy. He didn't call everybody to go in and to the mission field. But he told you something to do. Whether it's be a businessman or whether it's go knock on the neighbor's door and talk to them and you've just been rebellious about doing it. Whether it's whatever he told you to do. Whether he's told you to quit spending so much money and you've just been rebellious in that area. You know what he told you to do. That is seeking him first for you at this particular time. Because that's why you worry. It's because the condemnation comes in. Because you're not doing what he told you to do. Then you can't be in faith. So the devil just comes in and sits on your shoulder. And there's no way you can stay in faith. We had no worries that this was going to close. Every day we were like, okay, just go do this. Okay, just go do that. We were running as absolutely fast as we could run. Rob was running every five minutes. Dave was running. This one was running. That one was running. The ones that knew about it, were, we were all going in different directions. I mean, just as fast as we could keep up with it for those three days. And that's absolutely all we were doing was running to keep up with what we knew had to be done. And really, we could have closed in two and a half days if the person could have been here to sign. That's how quickly it happened. The, the attorneys, when I first told, my attorney, when I first told him that we were going to do this, he said, there's no way. He apologized at the end, but he said, there's no way. But there is a way. God is the way. He makes a way where there seemeth to be no way. He is the way, the truth, and the light. He can make a way for you when it looks like the end. Absolute foreclosure, bankruptcy. All you've got to do is do what he tells you to do. And he'll fix it for you. Because he has seen ahead and he has provided. And it's never too late for him. 
He's done it already. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to worry about it because God, the omniscient God, has seen what you needed ahead of time and it's sitting there waiting on you. It's waiting on you. All you have to do is do what he tells you to do and it's there ready and waiting on you. Now, if you don't take it, somebody else will get my phone system. Somebody else can get the T1 line. Somebody else can get this building. If I don't obey. But I'm going to obey. And get his blessings. And say, I'm going to obey. And get his blessings for me. It's not too late. So, in this provision, here's some things that we have received. And I'll show you some pictures. Are you ready to see your, your? Because somebody in here has been believing because we've got it. It's not just Keith and I believe, and I'm telling you. Because God did it for everybody in this building. This is your church. This is your home. This is where you come. This is where your children come. And it is going to be a glorious place and a glorious time. I tell you what, Dave said, I get new carpet. No, you get new carpet. How many of you were believing with me for new carpet? See there? Yeah, we get new carpet, okay? So we don't have to look at this ugly red and pink and tan and all these multicolors anymore. It's going to be glorious. So, uh, Shane, if you would, we'll put up the, and, and, uh, we'll put up the first pictures and y'all tell me what you think about it. I know Devin don't like it when we turn down the lights because the TV people don't like it. So y'all do what you need to do to make them both. What do y'all think? What do y'all think? We got, so I'm going to explain as we go along some things that still need to be done and what we need to do. And, and, uh, Gary, uh, Pledger's in here somewhere. He's going to be looking for people to paint this, these colors that y'all like them. Okay. So he's going to be looking to see all that. I don't know if my point is going to work that far away or not. It's not. Can you see it? No. This little rinky dink pointer. Anyway, uh, you can see, yeah, there's somebody's pointer. Um, um, Shane's pointer. Uh, you can see we've changed a lot of the corners and stuff, and we've added our Faith Life Church stuff on the front of it, and so uh, we've lightened it up and cheered it up. And Keith wants that dome up there to be as shiny as it can be, and we'll put a flag at the top. Y'all like that? So uh, that'll be your new home. So uh, you can go on to the next one, Shane. This is going to be, as you walk into the foyers, this is going to be the zero to six month and then seven month to 12 month nurseries. Just as you walk in the front doors, we want the nurseries to be really accessible to parents, you know, that have babies in their arms and stuff coming out of the weather and stuff. And so we're building these nurseries right here as you walk into the foyer. It will cut down on the foyer just a little bit. But how many of you think when you've had a newborn, you don't want to have to go to five different buildings and tote them around and everything. So, yeah, we think that should be a good thing there. And we've pulled the seats out as you can see they're in the lobby now but uh that's um where we'll have them as you walk in they'll be straight to your left uh in the lobby so uh that'll be divided up there and it'll be twice as much space as what we had before so okay go ahead mr shane that'll be the information booth and then kind of to the side of it we'll have the visitor center and it's going to need a lot of work and we're going to be getting um that counter there 
uh, all the counters, see if you like the sound of this, are going to be granite. And all the bathrooms and all the um, other and uh, the information booth and stuff. So, and and everything we tell you now, just be forewarned. Every room, everything I tell you is subject to Holy Ghost changing. So be forewarned. If we get in there and we say, you know, this space isn't big enough, or you know, this isn't working as well as we think. You know, you get in your house, you realize once you get going with it, sometimes you have to change something. So, okay, go on to the next one. And then uh, this right here. Um, will be the word supply and uh it won't be pink i promise <laughs> so uh they are already painting how many of you've actually seen the new colors that are going in what do you think yeah okay so uh we'll we'll be changing those out and uh that'll be the word supply and you can go on to the next one right behind it there we're going to do something a little bit different there'll be a wall built there so you can see we're still doing some extra work and stuff but we're going to put our tape uh service tape duplication immediately behind it and then at the end of this the opposite end that window's there you can't really see it that's nancy's office kind of so uh that's not it but go back to the other picture if you would the opposite end of that window if you just turn around and face this way is another wall and we're going to put a window in there and so you don't have to go into the word supply to pick up your service tape you can just stand outside in the lobby area and just pick up your service tape there the cd or dvd or whatever and go out a side door or whatever you need to do without having to go through the word supply does that sound good to everybody yeah we thought so too and then you can go to miss nancy's office that's going to be miss nancy's office right there in the foyer where everybody can get to her she's not here so we can stick her where everybody can get to her right okay that's what she gets for not being here this week so okay go ahead jane all right, this is um, the um, two- and three-year-old classroom, and uh, it will be, as you come in, we're going to do two different things. You can come in the front lobby and go to your right and up the stairs. It is upstairs, so two- and three-year-olds will be upstairs, and then you can also come in the side doors. We're talking about putting a sidewalk uh, to the right of the building right there as time permits. It won't be done just immediately, but as time permits, then you can come in the side doors to the right or come in the foyer to the front if it's real busy and go up the stairwell to the right. And the children's two and uh, two, is it one, two, and three-year-olds will be up there. So uh, um, that'll be the one inside that glass window will be the one-year-olds and then this is the two and three-year-olds and they're talking about a theme of like being outside with some trees and uh, going over a little bridge with a water thing under it and they're going to make it real nice so uh it's you can tell we've still got some work to do so um if they call on you you'll may know why okay then go ahead to the next one then that's going to be our activity center. But it's also going to be, these are the things that we're going to use it for. Our, it'll be uh, our 4 to 11-year-olds will meet in there for the services. And it's going to be a wonderful thing. The Lord, as we were praying in the middle of this, the Lord gave us some really wonderful ideas. I don't remember what I was doing, but I thought, you know, wouldn't it just be grand if the kids could, because the services, I won't say who goes long, but the services... You know, and so we're dividing it up 
and they're going to have things like uh, scriptorians club, uh, hospitality, creative resources, where they're going to do things that will involve some of you even more. Like they're going to be in, incorporating it into their lessons, but they will be doing things like even teaching them to uh, bedazzle, but they'll in, incorporate it into their lessons, or they'll be teaching them how to cook, or they'll be teaching them how to do uh, tie flies on fly fishing things, but it'll be incorporated into some of their lessons. But what they will do is they will go from class to class, and change instead of just staying in one classroom they will rotate and they will be setting up kind of centers to where they will be able to uh, have different teachers that are good at what they do because some of the teachers are actually a lot better at teaching and some of them are actually better at doing creative stuff so why keep one person doing all of it when some of them are better at doing other things so do y'all like the sounds of that i think the kids will really 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 enjoy that so uh, and then also something we're thinking about doing that I think the kids will really, really enjoy. We're going to have them a little band up there and a stage, a platform, and we're going to put them a mini platform on it. And each one of them will earn opportunities to be able to play the drums, the keyboard. Uh, they'll have their own little choir. They'll have so there'll be different things, you know, that they'll be able to do in, in part of it. So that'll be a, a good thing for them, too. So. We're really looking forward to that. Um, then, uh, of course, the youth will meet in there for now. But the youth, are they in here? Yeah. They're, they're uh, blueprinting and drawing their own buildings. So they, they, I heard they're having a meeting this afternoon. They're ready to start. Yeah. So... Uh, and Dave, uh, this this past week was a, a little bit unique. We had Dave uh, taking care of all the spiritual stuff while me and da- Rob took care of all the natural stuff. So uh, he was here teaching healing school and doing youth and everything. So that's why he wasn't slinging a sledgehammer. Rob was one of our mighty men out there slinging sledgehammer. I had to go correct Rob, though. He was slinging sledgehammer after he'd been there for 24 hours almost straight. You know, I said, stop that. Y'all get somebody else to do that, you know. Then I had to put somebody watching him to make sure he wasn't doing it. I think he'll work night and day if you'll let him. So, um, but anyway, so Dave did the spiritual stuff this week. Rob and I did the other stuff. But you've got some really good people that work here. And then we'll do healing. Yes. Then uh, we'll have healing school in there, weddings and funerals and hospitality and banquets and then some of our classes that we're incorporating and stuff. And it's really going to be really good. Once you see it, I think you'll be real happy with the things that, that's going to be happening there. So that's going to be called our activity center. And then downstairs on the activity center is going to be our commercial kitchen, which we are really, really, really looking forward to. So some of you may not understand that, but like week of increase... Um, we feed, I think the last time we fed like close to 80 people or something like that. And um, we have utilized Miss Diane's house, her kitchen, and had so many people in there trying to cook in, in one person's house in their kitchen for the church. And that's just really not fair. So it's time that we made an adjustment on that. And so they have drawn out their dream kitchen over there. And it's got big commercial stoves and ovens and soup. Terrine things and, you know, uh, griddles and 
It's just going to be absolutely wonderful. So that as these ministers and things come in, and even us, uh, you may not know this, but uh, our volunteer banquet and our um, hallelujah night for the kids, we had absolutely no place to have them. So God came through, as usual, right on time. So uh, we, we now have a place to have that. And then um, the 12-year-olds will meet downstairs. The staff will have a lunchroom, and the 12-year-olds will meet downstairs in that area right there. And uh, they'll be... Uh, able to still be separate from the other guys and then go ahead to the next one we'll have the floral area where Marianne will be able to start you know working her flowers and pull out in some different areas and then also down in that other area where uh, the tables and stuff will be they'll be able to set up communion in that area also they'll have tables and stuff that they can do it over there more space to be able to do it there because they'll have the refrigerators there are y'all getting bored now Okay, then uh, I thought we'd do this while Keith was gone because it won't be that long. We'll be over there and everybody won't be at a loss to know where they're going and everything instead of just totally lost. Then upstairs in the hallway above the nurseries and stuff, uh, we'll just have some staff offices and some staff working areas. And so uh, some of this will be shut off by double doors that a lot of people won't have access to. But uh, uh, it's still going to be a lot of workspace. And then the back of the sanctuary. Um, That's going to be, uh, can you see the concrete work being done? They've already poured it down there at the bottom to where it's more level, and we've got to put all the chairs and stuff back in. But over to your left over here, as I'm standing, over to this side over here uh, will be the new usher's room. And you will actually have a room for a change. And then over to the right over here will be right behind this wall where these archways and stuff are will be our new altar care area. And uh, they won't even have to go all the way to the back where it's so cold and stuff. So it'll be a lot better. And then we have also set up to where we can accommodate if we have a huge altar calls when like uh, other ministers or different big meetings and stuff are coming. So we, we've got things set in mind for that and then um if you go to the back of the auditorium uh, you can't really see it here but if you see those double doors back there but on the middle of this back of the auditorium will be the the uh powerpoint and uh lighting booth and stuff but then on each side of it we'll divide it up i don't know which way yet one will be a crying room and one will be a nursing mother's room because we've had some men that don't want to take care of their children in a the room where mothers are nursing so it's been a little bit of an issue so we'll have a crying room and a nursing mother's room so uh, that'll go real well and then the platform of course will be uh up here at some point and uh it won't have um as many steps we're going to cut it down to three steps and it's going to be lower so brother moore and i will be a little higher and uh so the people in the back will be able to see a little better and um so we'll have that all set out a lot better and then um, the video room will be kind of on this side. And then backstage, uh, we'll have uh, our CD duplication and stuff. It'll be kind of over here on this side. I don't think we have a picture of it. Um, do we? No. Uh, and then um, to the right of the stage, I told you the altar care. And behind the altar care, which we didn't cover, will be something that we've never really had, is the choir room and dressing rooms and bathrooms. So... Which they are pretty excited about. They've kind of had fun time with that. So, uh, and then the back of the building, uh, will have, uh, the executive offices and some meeting rooms. And they'll actually have a room that they can put together the baskets for the guests and stuff, which they usually have to do out in the middle of the hallway. So, and then the last slide I think is of the, what we're going to call the maintenance building for now, because it's going to have a, <laughs> a lots of stuff in it. So, uh, and the parking lot volunteer equipment and stuff. And then the final one is just back to the, 
that new church. But you know, of all the things that, um, that has happened over there, I think my greatest thing that happened was when we came in on that Saturday and we saw the people show up. But then when we came in on that Monday, how many of you showed up on that Monday? Stand up for me. And this, this is not all of them because a lot of them are working in children's classes and a lot of them are still working in different areas. We had close to 500 people show up that day. And I tell you what, it was a major blessing. The Blanchards that have been David, uh, you can just say David and you about got him covered, but, uh, uh, and Brandon, would y'all stand up? Where are y'all sitting? There's two of them. I don't know where the others are. They're they're in the back. They're standing back there. They're kind of spread around. Those guys have been there every day putting up walls from early morning till late night, sowing their time. I mean, nonstop sowing their time. So, uh, and they know what work is. Don't, Don't kid yourself. That has been one of the most wonderful things to me to see. It has been the family. Working on their house. And recognizing it as such. I wanted to read you a couple of definitions. Fellowship. Have you ever taken the time to look up that word? It means the condition of sharing similar interest or ideas. A close association of friends sharing similar interest. Are friendships. So I thought, okay, let's look up friendship. And I looked up friendship. And it said, companionship, but this was my favorite, a sense of belonging. Of being a part. Togetherness and support. You know... You oftentimes hear about olden days, about these little churches, about how if something happened, everybody would get together and uh, do this for this one or this for this one. And it's just so much better when you go to a little church and, you know, the pastor will come and do this and then this person will do this and, and you got people to take care of you. And if you go to a big church, you don't have that. Well, I got news for you. We have had people in the hospital that have called Dave. Or called me and said, you know what? Please, please tell the people to stop coming. I can't get any rest. <laughs> Is that true? Over and over again. Over and over again. We've got to rest. Please tell that faith life bunch, I love them, but stop coming. <laughs> it, it happens. It happens often. Now, realistically, 
the people that worked the other day, how many of you met new people? How many of you forged new friendships during that time? Stand up if you did. I just want the people to see. Okay, now of you people, how many of you think you'll end up going to dinner with those people or, or already have gone to dinner with those people or keep standing? Look at that. Now that's the way it works. And it's the funniest thing to me how friendships are made. I'll stand around and I, I think that's my favorite part of this. I think God has joy in us getting a new building, not because of the new building. But because of this time, what's going on there? You can't walk through the halls without hugging somebody. You can't walk through the halls without hearing testimonies of healing or of how family members got back to the Lord or of how good things have happened to somebody. And it is the most wonderful thing. I think that is what God had in mind when people, when he told us to start the service teams. And I think the devil has done his dead level best to twist it and make it a bad thing. Because on these service teams, when, when people have gotten sick or people have gotten down, the funeral homes have just been amazed. Mo and Sharon, go to most of them. How many funeral homes, just their mouth drops at the people that show up from Faith Life Church? No matter where it is. If it's here close by or if it's far away. Because Faith Life Church people, they actually do care about each other. It's not some pretend something. They actually, there's something in their heart for these other people. There's a genuine caring. Look at a couple of scriptures with me. I'm going to skip forward and come back. Proverbs 18:24. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. How many of you have gotten closer to people that you've met here than even maybe your family or something? Hands all over the place. Three quarters of the crowd. Different translations say... There are friends that destroy each other. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. The Revised Standard says, There are friends who pretend to be friends. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I I think that I have seen that here more than anything. I've seen people... 
that have become family and they've become friends. And I think that is the greatest joy in doing this stuff. I enjoy working on the building. I do. I enjoy doing things like that and seeing your work at the end of the day, something that you've accomplished. But I enjoy seeing people getting to fellowship with each other and standing around, you know, communing with each other and fellowshipping with each other, doing things together. Whether it's, you know, raking or or painting a wall. Telling stories about each other. Because when something happens, they know that they've got what Keith calls a faith buddy now. They know that if their family doesn't know anything about faith, they've got somebody that they can call on that will believe with them and stand with them. Listen to these scriptures and turn with me to them. Proverbs, no, let's see. Let's go to, um, um, I'll pull a Keith here with too many notes. Philippians 1, 27. In the King James. Let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ. That's what I liked. Nobody was talking about anybody. Nobody was being negative. You could feel the spirit of it in there. If we'd have walked through... And we'd have thought something bad was going on or somebody was putting somebody down. You could feel it. You'd have been able to feel it. But you couldn't. People were telling good things. They were telling positive things. Things about the gospel of Christ. They were telling praise reports and they were telling healings and they were telling glorious things that had been happening to them. They might say, pray with me about this, but it wasn't because they were talking about somebody else or talking about somebody else's church or talking about somebody else that had done something to them. They were telling good things. And God loves it. Look at what happens. That whether I come to see you or be absent, I may hear of your affairs. That you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Listen to some other translations. The Amplified. Only be sure as citizens, so to conduct yourselves, that your manner of life be worthy of the good news of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I do come and see you or I'm absent, you know Paul was in jail. I may hear this of you, that you're standing firm in a united spirit and purpose. Striving, what? Side by side. Side by side. And contending 
with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings of the gospel. The New Living says above all that you live as citizens of heaven conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come to see you uh, again or hear about you, I will know that you're standing side by side fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Now, the Weiss translation was probably my favorite. It said, only since my only reason for remaining on the earth is for your pioneer advance in the Christian life, see to it that you recognize your responsibility as citizens of heaven and put yourselves to the absolute necessity of performing the duties devolving upon you in that position, doing this manner, this in a manner which weighs as much as the good news concerning the Christ in order that whether having come or having seen you or whether being absent, this is the part, I am hearing that The things concerning you, namely that you're standing firm in one spirit, holding your ground with one soul, contending as a team of athletes. In perfect cooperation with one another for the faith, the Christian system of belief, namely the good news. Now, what happens on a team When you've got one person trying to be the all-star. Doesn't go so well, does it? But when you've got a team and everybody just comes in and they pulls together and they pull together and they're working toward one purpose and one goal. What happens with that team? It's like a fine oiled machine. They just beat everybody that comes along. I should get Dave or one of the guys up here about football. They probably talk to us half a day. Is football season starting? That's what I thought. What have you ever seen a team that works well together? Do they become buds? Do they know each other inside and out? Can they anticipate what the other person is going to do? Do they know how to work well with that other person? What if there's strife with the other person? Can the team play as well? Doesn't work so well, does it? But what if everybody's working well and flowing in love and everything's. I bet you if something happened to one of them, they'd probably call their teammate quicker than they probably would their parents almost. They're with them night and day. They eat with them. They sleep with them. They dream with them. They whatever they do. What happened in the book of Acts? When they all got in one mind and one accord. What numbers were added to the church daily? Thousands were added to the church daily. Now that is 
God's glory. If he can get his body in one mind, in one accord. And that's happening, guys. You can sense it all over this place. We've had pastors come in here. We've had guests come in here. And they'll come in and they'll say, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Nobody's talking about anybody. What happened? How how did you do that? We don't talk about anybody. We don't let our staff talk about anybody. Our people don't talk about anybody. We told them from the beginning, no strife. You cut out the strife, the devil hadn't got anything to work with. Then you get in one mind and one accord and what starts happening? Miracles. You don't know it. But I hear about them every single day almost. Somebody's got a miracle here of healing. And somebody's got a miracle here of healing. Just because you're not seeing them in the pulpit. Darlene, come up here. Where are you? She she not here today? Oh, y'all have to hear about it. We'll let her tell it sometime. I mean, we just told about the miracle of the tractor a week before last. I mean, she fell and broke her hand. And within just a couple of hours, the bone was just back together just like that. When you see her, ask her about it. Miracles are happening left and right and right and left. Now, that's not happening because people are praying. We're not standing over these people and praying for them. That's happening because we're all getting in one mind and one accord. And the more that we do that, the stronger we're going to get. The closer we're going to get. And the more God's going to be able to use us. And the more is going to be added to us. And the more we're going to be able to accomplish for the kingdom of God. We have a call. This church has a call to reach the world. We're just now getting ready for it. I know some people have been chomping at the bit and some people have gotten upset and they've left because they hadn't been able to step into what they want to. Hey, if I'd have stepped, gotten upset because I didn't get to step into what I wanted to when I wanted to, I'd have quit a long time ago. But you got to wait on God. Some people think they're ready when they're not. God knows when we're ready. He's the only one that knows when we're ready. He knows when the, the field is ready. And he knows when it's not ready. And he knows when people's heart's ready. But if we stay in one mind, in one accord, look at Mark. There's people that can sling sledgehammers. There's people that can work with kids. There's people that can do different things. I mean, there's people that can saw. There's people that can build walls. There's people that are qualified to do different things, to work on grounds. But everybody can do this. And by us being in one mind and one accord, everybody is supposed to do this. Mark 16, 
14. Before we do that, Shane, put up those other pictures. This is togetherness. Watch these pictures. Go ahead, Shane, a little. All of these people, some of them never met each other before. I mean... Calling and working, working side by side. That is the most valuable. God doesn't look at buildings. He don't look at lands. He looks at those people right there. And he cares about those people right there, which are you. Which are me. That's the most valuable thing to him. And we have a job to do. Not one person can sit on a pew and say this does not apply to them. You may say, I can't sling a sledgehammer. I'm not called to do this. I'm not called to do that. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be at the church every day. This you are called to. Mark 14, 16, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven, and as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed them not, not them which had seen him after he had risen, he said to them, what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. How many of you are believers in here? We asked that earlier. In my name, what shall you do? Say, I shall cast out devils. I shall speak with new tongues. I shall... Take up serpents and it won't hurt me. Not by, not on purpose. <laughs> if I drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt me. I shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now who is that talking to? Only about ten people raised their hand. Who's that talking to? Every person in here, every person in here is called to do that. There's not one person that God is not talking to that you're not a witness to someone. And that you should not be able to lay hands on them if they're sick. That's not a pastor thing and that's not a preacher thing. It's not a minister thing. It's a believer thing. It's a you thing. 
And if we do this right, and we're in one mind, and we're in one accord, we should be able to reach the world. You see how many people are in here today? If every person in here reaches one other person, what's going to happen? Increase. Explosion. Do you think that there's people out there that don't need to know the Lord? Oh, my. How many people are hurting? How many people need to hear about God providing for them? They need it. They're hurting. The best way we can be the example is to have our stuff together. We get our stuff together. That's why people don't understand, but that's the reason for church. That's exactly what I was talking. I asked for Darlene to come up earlier. That's the reason that we have church. When she fell and fell on her hand, she was not with a minister. When that tractor ran over him, he was not with a minister. Do you understand that? But they had been here. Week after week after week after week after week after week after service after service. Getting the word put in them. And the instant that it arose and the situation arose, they knew what to do. Right, Don? Don's back there. Instantly, they knew what to do. They didn't fall down and crumble. That's the reasoning that the devil tries to keep people out. It's because he knows what they will do if they get strong. He knows the witness that they will be able to be. Do you think she's not telling people what happened to her head? Do you think he's not telling people what happened to him about the tractor? They're telling it. And if it happens for you, you're going to tell it. You're going to tell it God gives you a house or God does this and pays off your bills and God does this and takes care of you. You're going to tell it. The stronger you get and the more victories you have, you're going to tell it. Well, that happens because you get stronger in your spirit and you're able to stand and withstand more of the attacks that the devil throws at you. That's why we say, read your chapter, come to church. Not because it helps me and Keith. But because when you get attacked and you're not here, you're able to withstand the attacks that the devil throws at you. So that you have the victories that you desire to have. Then you can be a witness to all the world. And you can have the victories that you desire to have. I believe that we are going to be, just like he said, that dome on the top of that thing. has got. A, it was so funny the other day. Somebody said, did you see that shining light that shines out of the top of that dome? I said, yeah, I saw it. We're going to be a shining light. That can't be hidden. If God would have wanted us hidden, he wouldn't have given us a bright gold dome on the middle of the strip. He'd have hit us back in a corner somewhere. 
But he didn't. He set us right in the middle with a bright gold dome. And he, if he thinks I'm going to paint it black and hide it, nuh-uh. Not happening. I may put some flashing bulbs and lights and... Keith may have to watch when he comes in in the airplane. He may think it's the strip. Because that's what we're supposed to be. And that's the way our life is supposed to be. That we have so many victories that people are huddling around us because they want to know how we got them. Can you do it? God has seen your need already. He has provided it ahead of time. You don't have to provide it. He's already done it. You can't do it. No need in worrying about it. He is the provider. You're not. Relax. Go. <sighs> Brush it off. He's done it. Relax. He's taking care of it. All you got to do is do what he tells you to do. And it's done. Stand up with me.